Welcome to the first Jason podcast. Today we are going to talk with the authors of a perspective we are publishing this week entitled COVID-19, Racism and Racial Disparities in Kidney Disease, Galvanizing the Kidney Community Response. You can't imagine more essential topic to talk about right now or more insightful commentators. Dr. Tangela Purnell is an assistant professor of epidemiology and surgery at Johns Hopkins. She's an associate director of both the Johns Hopkins Urban Health Institute and the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Equity. She is also one of Jason's editorial fellows. She will be talking today with her co-author on this perspective, Dr. Deidre Cruz, an associate professor of medicine in the division of nephrology at Johns Hopkins and associate vice chair for diversity and inclusion in the department of medicine. She's also an associate director of the Johns Hopkins center for health equity. Dr. Cruz, let's start with the importance of the topic and your thoughts behind the title. I certainly share your hope we can contribute to galvanizing the kidney community. Thank you. So when we were thinking about the title for this piece, we definitely wanted to, of course, focus on COVID, and we also wanted to call attention to the uh, recent high-profile acts of racism that have been of such a great concern to, to so many um, in our nation and, and indeed across the world. And we, we included the piece about wanting to galvanize the kidney community response because we wanted the piece to be very action-focused. I know a number of people have, after witnessing so many uh, things that have been going on, have really been thinking about what we could do as a kidney community to actually uh, have an impact on what we're observing. And so we wanted the piece to not only just sort of summarize what has been happening, but also be a little bit of a call to, to action for our community. Yeah, that's really important. I think it might be helpful to start with some definitions. Race. What is the right definition of race? Dr. Purnell, can you speak to that? And what are some common misunderstandings of the concept of race? So thank you for raising this very important question. Believe it or not, there is not a clear consensus on the definition of race. However, there is a clear expert consensus around the dangers of misinterpreting race. And, you know, for example, within biomedical research, we typically use self-reported race, uh, which we know reflects a social definition of race and is aligned with the U.S. Office of Management and Budget uh, Racial and Ethnic Categories. And we want to remind our colleagues that this should not be confused with genetic ancestry, which is based in biology. And here within the paper, we focus on the social definition of race. Right. That's important. It's also important we talk about racism. A phrase we're hearing a lot right now is structural racism. Either uh, can you uh, talk to us about what is meant by, by structural racism? Uh, sure. So when we refer to structural racism in, in our piece, we provide a, a definition of it. But when we speak about it, I think the best way to think of it is those sort of institutions that are part of the, the power structure in our, in our society. And they can include everything from our educational sort of institutions, our educational system, 
They can include our our, our justice system. They, they do include our healthcare system as well. And so when you will hear of, of uh, people sort of focusing on the impact of structural racism or so the downstream effects of it, what is being referred to there are, are those, because of those systems, if those systems are in the way that they are providing resources or different opportunities to, to people, that's happening in an inequitable way such that certain racial or ethnic groups are receiving uh, less or receiving worse sort of opportunities, then often that's, that can be referred to as sort of an example of structural racism. One of the things that we, we highlight and our piece is that is the issue of, of redlining, which I think is one of the more poignant examples of structural racism in America, and that is uh, where certain communities, particularly in certain urban settings, the they're literally on, on a map. There are different communities that were marked as being places where certain individuals, including black Americans, people from specific religious minority groups, including uh, Jewish individuals, were being prohibited from living in certain communities. And there have been downstream effects of that that still exist today, and there are still some cities that practice some degree of, of redlining. And so that's just one example of, of where we see structural racism um, continuing to show up. Yeah, that's a very telling example. And, and I think we all are recognizing that we need to understand the ways in which our health care systems, in effect, uh, build in structural racial racism. I think this is an area we all have to figure out together. The article starts with some very powerful words. Dr. Purnell, can I ask you to read that opening quote and then tell us your thoughts behind the choice of this opening? Absolutely. So the opening quote reads, and I've been tired so long. Now I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. And we want to change. We want to change in this society in America. Um, this quote um, that we selected as our opening quote was by U.S. civil rights leader, Mrs. Fannie Lou Hamer. The beauty of writing a, a piece like this with a very close friend and colleague, uh, Dr. Cruz, is that we know each other very well. And because I think Dr. Cruz already knew that, that Mrs. Hamer is a personal hero of mine, when we were thinking about how we wanted to start this perspective, I think she immediately said, I already know we got to include the quote by your girl. Um, and she was right. And I think that, you know, um, it was quite appropriate. Um, so for those who don't know, Mrs. Fannie Lou Hamer was one of the most courageous and inspirational leaders in U.S. history. And she's also a fellow native of the Mississippi Delta. But this quote in particular from the 1960s reminds us that today's fight, continued fight for health equity, is still essentially the same fight for civil rights and social justice that she was really talking about even then in the 1960s. And we also thought that the phrase sick and tired was also perfectly aligned with the weathering hypothesis, which we highlighted later in this paper. You say she's a fellow native of the Mississippi Delta. Does that mean you're a native of the Mississippi Delta also? 
I am a very proud native of the Mississippi Delta. So um, so this has personal and professional uh, relevance and importance for me. So, Dr. Cruz, tell us something about your thoughts about James Baldwin and, and your selection of the quote from him that you included. So Dr. Purnell um, mentioned, and I think it was certainly true, that when we were thinking about putting this piece together, we really thought a lot about some of our, our, our heroes who, who were thought leaders and, and activists kind of in, the, in the, this area of racial justice in particular. And one of mine is certainly James Baldwin, who was an essayist, a, a playwright, and a novelist. And the quote that we included from some of his writings that not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. And we included that because we wanted to highlight that we really have not fully um, faced the role of, of racism when it, when it comes to uh, racial disparities in, in health and, and specifically in kidney health. And uh, we wanted to, to sort of bring attention to that, to a, to a need for us to do that, particularly in this time, and felt that that served as a nice way to segue into uh, what we view as, as how the, the kidney community needs to respond at this time. In this perspective, you explain very forcefully the brutal dual impact of structural racism and what we are seeing uncovered by the COVID-19 pandemic. The weathering hypothesis has important immediate application for everyone directly involved in patient care. Dr. Cruz, tell us, what do you think the most important messages are for nephrologists? Yeah, so I think that uh, we really, um, as nephrologists, need to be sensitive to the fact that our, our black patients in particular are uh, in many cases, experiencing these kind of dual forces of grief, that, that being the COVID-19 pandemic, and then these recent high-profile acts of racism that uh, we've all witnessed. And uh, we also then need to, in our um, interactions with our patients, approach that with, I think, sensitivity and, and humility uh, and invite them to, to sort of share with us how they may be experiencing this, this time. One of the things that I think we do have to prepare for is that we know that these types of experiences uh, can lead to uh, individuals then looking at those structures that we touched on a moment ago when we think about structural racism. Given that there are certain institutions or structures that have failed black Americans in the view of many when we think about um, the justice system, for example, there could be downstream effects of this. And so one of the things we highlight in our article is the idea that this could end up causing kind of a chilling effect on our patients seeking care. So given that the healthcare system is but one of these, these types of systems where we can see structural racism show up, we might see that our patients may be sort of reticent about seeking out healthcare, even, even in the setting of, of times when they might really need to seek it. And so we might start to see worsening of their kidney disease. Um, we might see them um, not pursuing the care that they need that might cause them to end up having to have you know, urgent dialysis initiation. 
or other sort of adverse outcomes that we often are concerned about. And so we really have to brace ourselves and put processes in place to try to mitigate uh, what may be worsening of some of the disparities we see when we, when we think about our black patients um, as compared to um, our, our white patients, for example. And so um, I think these are all things that, that we have to be prepared for, but the beginning piece, I think, of it is going to be just uh, acknowledging the moment that we're all living in and when we're speaking with our patients, inviting them to, to share with us how they are experiencing it. This is also a call to action for nephrology researchers and indeed for editors. Distrust is a barrier to clinical research. Dr. Purnell, what should we be learning? What should we be doing as researchers? So this is another very important question, and I think that, you know, the the answer to this is one that could take us probably another hour to fully dissect. But I think the most important thing that, you know, we're asking our nephrology research and education colleagues, as well as um, journal editors, funders, and peer reviewers to do is to make sure that in all of our efforts, we reconsider the appropriate interpretation of racial designations by explicitly acknowledging the influence of structural racism, as well as other social, political, and economic barriers that uh, may influence observed racial disparities and kidney disease. Uh, we also think that we need more funding, frankly, to really design the type of studies that we need to fully uncover the role of these underlying mechanisms in perpetuating racial disparities, and also um, moving beyond just descriptive analyses of differences in access and outcomes by race to really thoughtfully thinking through designing interventions at this point. I think we um, now within the health equity field more broadly, I think we may be on a third or fourth generation of research. And so now we, you know, we, we had an entire generation of investigators who were tasked with proving that these disparities existed. And then we had an entire generation of investigators who then had to uncover what some of the underlying mechanisms are. And so where we are now is really at the point where we need real action and we need real resources and support and I think that the burden is not just placed upon those of us who um, label ourselves as health equity researchers. I think that in order to make true progress, we're going to need everybody to jump in this fight and, and to work together. And then in addition to this, I think, you know, really we need to recognize the importance of these cross-sectoral collaborations that go beyond the clinical and public health communities if we really want to address some of these social and political barriers, um, including those that perpetuate structural racism. Right. This is an important theme uh, in incorporating uh, more voices into this discussion. We certainly also need the patient's voice. How, how can we more effectively keep the patient and community perspective central as we try to grapple with these problems. Tangela, uh, why don't you start? I'll, um, I'll just sort of, you know, again, echo sort of the last part of, of my um, 
previous comment, really here I think that it's really important for us to remember in all of our collective efforts that you know our patients, community leaders, and other trusted agents with lived experience have very important perspectives and needed voices if we are to make real progress towards achieving um, health equity. And I just think that I cannot overstate the importance of making sure that we uh, partner with members of these groups as true partners in our efforts and allow them to also have active voices in every stage of the process in developing new efforts and in really thinking through needed next steps to address this very important topic. Dr. Cruz, do you want to add thoughts to that? Absolutely. I completely agree that that it's so important that we move away from sort of doing research on uh, these communities and, and co-create and into a place where we co-create these the questions that we ask and and also the way that we we go about answering those questions. I think that's that's actually how we're going to get to answers that are going to be relevant to the the populations that we want to be able to have a, a positive impact on and, and and to be able to adequately support. And so I think bolstering those types of relationships and funding streams that support that type of work. Historically, there have been limited avenues for uh, putting together research programs that incorporate partnerships with patients and other key stakeholders in addressing uh, health equity and specifically in, in moving us towards kidney health equity. I think there have, have been definitely some places where we could expand that. And so I think that's going to definitely be needed as, as we try to try to move forward and, and try to mitigate these disparities that we're expecting to worsen as a result of COVID-19 and, and these recent um, acts of racism. And, and we also know that these are just, these were disparities that were, were profound and, and in existence for, for decades prior to these dual pandemics, if you will, and will certainly be likely worsened uh, now that we're living through through what we are living through. You're both making very forcefully such important uh, points. Uh, this is indeed a, a grim time, and a grim time that, however, is fo forcing us to focus uh, on the issues we're talking about today. You know, talking about racism is hard, but it's so important. As nephrologists, I think we've all been aware of the excess burden of kidney disease on African Americans, but much of the discussion, it's been more comfortable to talk about the genetic factors. And as you've reminded us, the discussion has to focus on the societal issues and particularly the extent to which rampant racism in our society has exacerbated it. So the present crises are focusing our attention in a way that feels long overdue. So Dr. Cruz and Dr. Purnell, thank you so much for this really uh, informative discussion and uh, this beautifully written perspective piece. Jason is very proud to be publishing it and, and hope that it will really help uh, galvanize the kidney community. Thank you so much.
This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology. All rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified healthcare provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the American Society of Nephrology.